Hey guys, welcome to In Our Community Podcast, where we interview ordinary people doing extraordinary things in their communities. I'm your host, Coach Hitty from Resurrection Movement Studio. On episode 37 of this podcast, I sat down with Joe Ubella from Icon Dance Complex in New Jersey. Do you guys remember the show America's Best Dance Crew? On season one of that show, Gio's crew, Iconics, was on it. I don't know if you guys remember it, but I remember it vividly. They were one of my favorite dance crews to watch. And I also remember that he was teaching at Broadway Dance Center at the time, and his class was something that I really, truly enjoyed taking. In this podcast, you'll hear us talk about many aspects of life, uh, what his studio is going through in this pandemic, uh, fatherhood of being a dad, and how dance and, and, and being a father intertwines in our lives and how beautiful that is when we get to encounter that. Um, and, you know, sometimes I feel like I get so much out of these conversations that I get to have with people that I look up to and people that I highly respect. And I feel selfish in doing this podcast for that reason. I hope that uh, as you listen to this episode, you get to feel all that and enjoy our conversation about dance, family, and life beyond dance. Listeners, don't forget to subscribe to our show and make sure to leave us a comment on iTunes. Let's get started. Today, I have Gio Ubella from the Icon Dance Complex across from me. Thank you for joining me today, Gio. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and chat and uh, looking forward to our conversation. For sure. So, Gio, um, one of the most notable thing about you is that you were on season one of America's Best Dance Crew. I was so into that show. Um, and so can you start off with talking about that experience? Oh, man, I, I remember what a great dance show, which uh, I know they've yeah. tried to revive, but it was it was just so great, especially season one to be part of that season. Um, was special because it was the first one and there was so much excitement surrounding the show. Um, at the time, I was back, I had moved back east from Los Angeles. I lived in, out in LA for about almost 10 years during my career. And when I came back east, I um, immediately started working at Broadway Dance Center. <laughs> and I was on faculty there um, to get used to the East Coast again. And um, one night, um, with the Spellman sisters that were assisting me a lot, they were living in, in the East Coast at that time. So Dina and Jenna were, were at BDC with me and uh, Napoleon from Nappy Tabs mm-hmm. actually pops into my class on a Friday night. I'll never forget it. And he took class and he's like, yeah, I just want to stay in shape and I'm in town and blah, blah, blah. So after class, he pulls me over and he says, listen, there's this brand new dance show I'm working on coming up with Randy Jackson. And he goes, um, he goes, I know you have like your studio now and the crew. He's like, just, he said, just get ready. And I said, <laughs> what does that mean? He goes, just get ready. He goes, because when, when it comes time, I want you to be ready. So um, it wasn't long after that that the auditions popped up. And, you know, New York was like, the, the, the casting was just popping. It was just so many crews, so many dancers, so much excitement. Um, and then finally making the show um, was amazing. And what I did was from the beginning was uh, I knew a lot of dance crews were going to be coming out for this show. It was just inevitable because it was like, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be pretty huge. So how could we stand apart? How, what could we do different? So we really stand out. And that's why I tied in that. If people remember our son season one, we had that Broadway hip hop type mm-hmm. of vibe and concept and which is actually a, a concept they actually brought to the show. And mm-hmm. the producers were actually so I think impressed with the idea of what dance crews can do. It wasn't so one-sided. It wasn't just hip hop. 
that they could do a lot of different things with this this concept and um so i feel like i feel proud of that 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 we brought that concept to the table even though we were cut before broadway <laughs> hip hop week uh, yeah uh it was is kind of fun but um but overall it was just like just to be part of it just for an episode even was great so the fact that we were able to do a few go back for the finale and be with the Jabberwockies and yeah. so many amazing crews, uh, the Cabo Modern and yeah, um, man, it was just the best. It was the best, great experience. I was rooting for you guys hardcore. So I, it was so cool because at one time I was taking a, taking your class at Broadway Dance Center. I was like, man, I love his style. This is great. And Thank then you. later down that year, I turn on the TV. I'm like, I know that guy. He's the guy who used to, who taught at Broadway Dance Center. That's awesome. <laughs> crazy I was, I was saying the same thing to myself it's like wow yeah. you know like here we are dancers always you know for so many years in the background and this is what i said when we were cut from the show in my speech you know and this uh this this tv show gave us as dancers an opportunity to be in the forefront and it was kind of like you know that was a really an amazing time because since then you could see the progression of uh with social media and tv how dancers evolved and how dancers have become um you know, more mainstream and like figures, like yes. actual figures in, in the, in the industry and known and, you know, with more shows like world of dance and JLo bringing that to the forefront. Um, it's helping even more. So it's, it, we've come a long way mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I still don't think dancers and a lot of people will agree with me is, uh, you know, are paid what they deserve as true athletes, but we do what we do because we love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many jobs in my career I would have done for free just because I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. can't live like that but right <laughs> we're very passionate about what we do so um it's uh it was it was a great experience i'm happy to be part of that that legacy of abdc for sure yeah so i want to go both directions in your history from that point on uh let's go back first how did you get into dancing what where was your beginning where did this all start the beginning for me was when i saw michael jackson perform on motown 25 which is one of probably his most iconic performances um, when he did, you know, Billie Jean with the glove and the hat. Um, and I saw that and my, my world just completely changed. Hmm. I, I, I remember the moment. I remember watching it. I lived in Brooklyn. I grew up in Brooklyn. I remember watching it up in uh, one of the bedrooms in my, I think it was my mom's room on a, a TV that was probably not bigger than my laptop screen 15 inches or whatever and um but super deep right box tvs big box TV. <laughs> like this huge you know <laughs> big tv um and you know you know we had the rotary phone on the wall in the kitchen and the works you know i'm old people i'm real old so <laughs> no. um it's uh i remember that moment and um i what i did was you know growing up an italian italian kid um you know my my dad's side of the family um, and my mom's was Irish side, but, um, we had all parties all the time, baptisms, communions, weddings. And when we attended them, um, I, my mom would take my glove. I had a sequin glove and she, so I'd say, all right, mom, this is the time. And I go up to her, she'd go in her pocketbook, get my glove. I put it on, I tell the DJ of the band, put on Billie Jean and bam, that was my performance. And I just did it. And that was it. <laughs> now the crazy thing is that back then we had to commit to our memory because I saw it probably once, but it was so embedded in my mind. Um, I didn't, I don't, we didn't have a VCR, I didn't have YouTube. I couldn't look back on it, but it was, it, it impacted me so much that um, I just tried to remember what I could. 
mm. and, and just mimicked it. And um, that was the beginning of my performance career uh, as far as why I started dancing. And then that was the era of breakdancing where the eighties, where, you know, breakdancing became huge and they became more mainstream as well, performing the Olympics and things like that. So uh, the movie break in and beach mm. street, huge influences in my in my life not mm. just my career my life um seeing those movies as a kid and how they impacted me and um you know drew me into the, the dance world so that's how i really got started did you start in the underground scene like a self-taught more of like those kind of areas compared to like a, a box dance studio scenario absolutely my my first like i remember my first was a, when I was, I think, in seventh grade or sixth grade, I did a talent show with two other, it was a, a guy and a girl that were breakdancing and he had a, he, his house was on the block of the school and we practiced in his garage and we were just breakdancing in the garage, literally on cardboard. Mm. And for real, we would, you know, like go around the neighborhood, look through garbages. If we, someone had big boxes outside of the house, be it, we just look for big cardboard. If we had to tape it together, sometimes we would. And we would do everything on there and practice in another friend's basement that lived across the street from me. And, um, that was like, you know, that was self-taught. And then I also lived right up the block from a park down 17th Avenue in Brooklyn, you know, right by the Barazano bridge. Mm -hmm. And, um, we'd break dance in the park and then also battle the block parties in the summer, you know, cut up our knees and just hit the ground hit the pavement and just dance. And, um, that's how I really, really learned how, how to get down. And then, made my way into the studio because my sisters and my brother were actually in a local studio. So that got me into, into the studio as well. So hmm. I really started in the street. That process of learning by just like figuring out how the body moves and like watching other people do, that's something that like kids nowadays don't get to experience, right? Because they have this device that they hold and they look at YouTube and they just try to mimic it. But I think there's something that process of really trying to put your body through that learning process and figuring out how everything works rather than just being shown how to do it. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, I wish the kids had that opportunity. It's if, if there's kids that could find that balance these days, that's some of the advice I, that I give. It's like, you know, take that time. And if you can't turn off the device and trust your, trust the, just the music, you know, just use that tool. Cause that's the best tool of all. You know what I mean? Because what could happen is there's, there's, having influence is great because I have so many influences from my life, choreographers and performers that influence me. But in order to really absorb that influence, you have to shut it all down and then depend on yourself. You don't want to be a copycat because if you do focus on one choreographer so much, or, you know, you're going to become, you're going to become like that performer, but that performer is already a great performer. You know what I mean? Someone like uh, you look at someone like an Ian Eastwood, right who who i taught when he was younger at monsters of hip-hop and looking how he his career's developed and how amazing he's become as as a mentor to kids and then now kids watching him but it's like you want to tell kids like don't there's already one in yeah you don't want to be let his influence move you mm -hmm. but now develop you right and um it's it's cool to see the kids that do absorb that and then you know because when you go into the professional world if you do look like someone else the, the dance industry is so small we all know everyone knows everybody you know they were like ah they're trying to dance like so-and-so or they're trying to dance like so-and-so and, -so. and mm. you know you want to be hired and you want to be cast in something or you want to be known for you so that that's a, i think good advice for dancers that are coming up is 
find, find your lane, you know, let all those influences help mold you, but make sure that you become you be, be your style, your, your feel, your vibe, you know, for sure. For sure. So Gio, how did you start to take this? Like, when did you know you wanted to take dance as your career? And how did you go about that process? That that's something I didn't know. I never imagined, you know, through the process of, and I started late because it was like 12, 13, I trained for a couple of years. I went to that studio because they had a breakdance class, which eventually, it eventually fell apart because the teacher was never showing up. And <laughs> she kind of, that, that teacher dragged me in and got me into a jazz number. And then it was like, I just started doing more stuff. And then I gave it up for a couple of years because um, I was playing high, I was playing baseball in high school. Um, and I just loved baseball. Like that's, that was really like my passion growing up as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just was intent on going to college and playing ball in college. Um, I ended up going to Fordham university in the Bronx. Uh, it was a division one school. Mm -hmm. I knew that. So when I got into that school, I didn't get drafted through, through high school. I played some outside ball and, um, but I, I had to walk on the team and that was my plan. And mm -hmm. at that point now I'm really dancing a lot as well balancing both and the night before walk-ons i sat my glove out on my on my desk that's time i lived in the dorm up in the bronx and i woke up the next morning i hit my alarm and i went back to bed and i said huh. and i'm gonna dance and i never went out for the tryouts i had guys on my hallway that were all going out for the team and they were like where were you i was like i just something in my head just said no and then um by my junior year of college i booked my first job at disney world and that was, wow. the, it was the beginning of my career and I left college and um, I started dancing professionally. Wow. So that was the deciding, you know, I was, you know, going to school for business, which I, I just didn't really like school. Not that I didn't like school. I just, I have to be active. I have to be moving, whether it be art or, or, or I guess that's why I choreograph because I like to, I like to create, you know, so um, mm -hmm. it's just in my personality and in my genes. So um, mm -hmm. that was the deciding moment. And then, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know I'd go professional, but um, all I knew was I just wanted to be in class all the time. I wanted to train, be at BDC, be at Steps, be in my home studio in Brooklyn. And between those three, I just was, I just loved training. I loved dancing. Did you only stick to like the hip hop classes or did you branch out and do other classes? I, I definitely, during that time, you know, there was, there wasn't hip hop classes. Mm. There was street jazz classes, you know? Um, but I was taking, I was taking jazz with, with Joel Antieri and Michelle Asoff, uh, religiously taking mm -hmm. class with them weekly. And, um, obviously Frank Hatchett, the legend from Broadway Dance Center and Sheila Barker. And, um, and then at the studio, my, my teacher there, you know, she was like, you got to get in some, like, we got to get you in technique. You don't have to do ballet, but you got to take lyrical. And, and it just introduced me to a new form of movement. And, um, it basically helped me get my jobs at Disney because they were very technical aspects of the auditions mm. to get hired for the parks. And um, so, yeah, I, I finally allowed myself, I grew up with that stigma of dancing is for girls and, um, you know, being name called, you're gay, you're a fag and blah, blah, blah. And all these really derogatory, uh, you know, statements and they affected me. And I think that's why I stopped for a little while. Um, so it's nice to see, today how it's so accepted and, yes you know it's come a long way like i said in so many aspects yes well we come a long way and um i have over 100 boys in my school so that's awesome 
I was one of the only ones in my dance school. So to have over a hundred boys, you know, I'm in classes with like 30 boys sometimes and I'm like little boys and the dads are outside cheering them on. You know, <laughs> this is, this is epic. This is amazing. Yeah. I, away, you know, I wanted to, I'm so glad that you brought that up. Cause that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about. So I'm also a small dance studio owner in, in small town, Pennsylvania. Um, and, and as you can see, my color is blue. Um, you know, the dance studios, I think you're right. We've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. I think it's predominantly, if you look at your numbers, it's over 60 or 70% is girls. Absolutely. Right. Um, but one of the things I think we have going is as males, we're the owners, we, we represent, you know, the dance studio, um, and, and really dancing for is for anybody. Uh, but I know, you know, talking to the kids and, it, and these are strong willed kids, which doesn't really bother them. But dancing to boys is looked down upon for some reason. Right. And so it's like turning that tide in their mind and in the culture itself is really, really difficult. But I always tell them, I'm like, if you're an athlete and you want to play sports, dance is only going to help you. And I can speak that from my experience. Your footwork gets better. You understand how the body's connected. So you can do so much more athletic things because you understand how the body's just designed to move. Absolutely. And my, my, I turned my double play a lot better once my dance classes started. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah. yeah. So I agree with you 1 million percent. You're 100% right. But, and you're, yeah. you nailed it with the, uh, with the percentage of what it is. And, um, you know, I know there's more boys out there that would do it, but um, to come down to just a comment made by a parent, just a small comment could really just turn your kid away from it, even if it's a joke. So it's like, now that I'm a dad, um, I try, I take all those things that I learned and in all those years and being a studio owner and the, the good things, the bad things, the mistakes I made. Um, and I watched, I was so, so, uh, so intent on really paying attention to how I really paid attention to how parents treat their kids in the studio environment because it taught me a lot about being a parent, you know, good and bad more, I'd say more positive than, than negative. Um, and, um, a lot of admiration for a lot of parents and the way they juggle their lives and allow their kids to get in the studio and dance and the way they just run, 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 mm -hmm. um, which leads into a whole nother conversation about this time we're in and the time we're getting with our families and the time, those people that I see running all the time that are just home with their kids now mm -hmm. and just really spending time. So there's good and bad to all of what's happening now, but, um, it's, uh, we've come a long way and we got a long way to go still. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. I mean, like when I go to the last time I actually saw you in person was a dance teacher summit up in New York. I think yeah. it was a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, when you go up to that level, I look around the room and there's only a handful of male instructors male studio owners. Um, and so it's really refreshing for me to be able to like connect with you and talk to you about this issue because it's like when you go still look up the majority, you know, if the, the percentage goes from 60 to 70% in kids to I'd say less than 10% in studio owners level. So it needs to kind of start to shift and, and the, our industry and the people who represent our industry needs to become more comfortable in, in the being in the male role as well to just kind of like say like, Hey, this is open to the boys too. I think it starts from, you know, it's like the trickle down effect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, you know, we, we um, obviously we're at an advantage, you know, and yeah. I, I've talked to so many teachers over the years at the summits and, and um, you know, dance life about, about how do we get more boys in the school, you know? And it's like, oh, I can't find a hip hop teacher that I could depend on 
you know, and it really, it's, you really kind of have to find that role model because we are, we have to accept that we are mentors and role models for kids, you know, like if I'm in this, you know, I've noticed over the years, you know, I got my sweats on and I, I just roll one leg up a little bit on my sweats because I just feel like the way it feels. And mm-hmm. the people have asked me, why do you do that? And then I see kids walk in and you see <laughs> the same thing, yeah. and it's like, wow, I really, I have an impact on this kid. Like, you know, that they're paying attention to some, some things that are just like, that you wouldn't think are so important, but are important because it's like, all right, well, I have a big responsibility here, you know? Um, and it's, it's uh, so again, being, being men and being males in this industry, it's obviously going to pull more boys into to your school because they have that. So, you know, it's, there's no formula to say, Hey, this is how you get more boys in your school. Right. And here's the course and you can enroll in it and pay this much money and you'll do this. I, I don't believe that in any aspect of the business part of, of dance, you know, it's like the, the person that, the teachers and then the, and the field of the studios, what's really going to make that studio a success. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you teach, the lessons you teach in those, in those rooms are really going to define your business. And we could define success in money or, or trophies or however you want to define it. But for me, it's like, especially now not having the studio every day, it's like, I miss the kids more than anything, mm-hmm. you know? Me I too. Oh, Absolutely. Oh, you know, exactly this is why we do what we do this is why we're passionate about it there's nothing like that connection and this the zoom stuff it's we're i'm thankful we have this technology but i've said this on a couple interviews and and chats with people like i just don't like it Mm -hmm. i really just don't like teaching um on a computer and i'm growing to like it a little more because i'm appreciating it more Mm -hmm. um but i there's nothing like teaching one-on-one and being with students teachers kids whoever in a room it's uh it's why we do what we do so um yeah. I miss it for sure i think it's the shared energy aspect of it that the zoom takes away it's like dance is so much about being surrounded with the similar energy or like s- same kind of energy in the room and the social aspect of it yeah. and zoom you can't feel that mm-hmm. you know it's it's just uh, a screen and a moving body across yeah. from you yeah, so it's, it's i know it's hard for the kids too I've, I've heard it. Yeah. And, you know, they're spending all day on the computer doing schoolwork. And then the last thing that they want to do is to be on the screen to do something that they love. You know, like it's, it's, it's hard for them to switch that gear because it's the same thing that they're dealing with. Yeah, so. You can see it. I see, you know, I taught just last night. I taught my uh, advanced kids and I just, there's something I see in their eyes that they just, some of them, there's just the magic is not there. Yes. And I understand it. Um, you know, but I, I came home and um, I said to my wife, you know, I'm like, it's like, I really feel for some of these kids. Like, it's like, uh, just not seeing that. I could feel like they're hurting a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, um, we have our days. I, I have my, I have good days and bad days right now. Um, but I think to know that we're all going through it makes it a little easier to Absolutely. say that we're not, you know, when you're not alone in something, it, it does help, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't make it any better, but it helps. For sure. Gio, where did your, um, when did you turn your career path from pursuing, let's say, you know, your own professional dance career to, let's say, you know, I'm going to open my business and work with the kids. Like where, when did that shift happen? How did it happen? It came, I mean, I would say I went to, to make a long story short, I did about, you know, seven or eight years of performing and I got to dance. I feel so blessed. I've been able to dance with so many amazing artists, you know, 
to be in a room with Michael Jackson, to, you know, be around NSYNC when they were huge and Pink and J-Lo. And like, I mean, it's just like, when I think about it, I'm like, I never would have thought as a kid watching my TV and popping in, you know, when I was really wanting to do this, record the, the American Music Awards and record the Grammys and see these really awesome performances and go, I want to, I want to do that. I want to be on that stage and then to have done it, it's like surreal. Um, so when I, you know, went through all these channels of saying, all right, I did this and this and this. And as a performer, you never feel like, oh, I'm good. I did it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you always want more, you know? Um, but then I transitioned into choreographing because of Darren Henson, you know, Darren Henson choreographed Bye 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 mm-hmm. and a lot of Britney. And um, I was an assistant for him. He, he took me to London and we worked with the Spice Girls on the Brit Awards and he was transitioning into acting on a series called Soul Food. And as he became an actor, he just started to hand me some projects mm. and stick me in a room with people and say, just go. You know, and sometimes the artist would look at me and go, where's Darren? And I'd be like, uh, <laughs> he's coming later. Let's get to work. I'm going to show you some moves. And that's how some relationships started. So I transitioned into choreography. Um, this was good and bad. If social media existed at the time when my choreography really took off, um, I, I may be in... You know, I don't want to say a different place or say I'd be more popular. I, it just it just was a different time. So I just was in France. I had two artists in France and I was almost living in Paris all the time, having two artists there back and forth, L.A. to Paris. And it just wow. became it was tough because I was always flying in and out. Um, but I was just never in L.A. anymore. I was just always traveling. I was teaching around the world. I was in Japan. I was uh, doing a group in Taiwan. I was it was just Germany and, and Denmark teaching a lot. And I was like, I, I could probably just go back home now and maybe start to plant my feet. I didn't see myself living on the West Coast forever. Hmm. So I, um, I decided to make the move. I didn't decide right away to want to open a studio. Um, I really, I held back on it for a few years because I wanted to be really ready. I said, when I do it, I want to jump in with both feet and I know I have to be there. And that's, Advice to anyone out there, you know, if you're really going to invest and not just money, but your life in something, um, you have to be willing to really dedicate the time to make it um, successful. You can't kind of do it, um, I want to say half-assed, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got to really kind of jump in and um, being, having these things going that were really good in my career really actually elevated the studio, of course. Opening my studio in the first year, and then getting on ABDC was like, I mean, and having MTV put my brand on TV, it was like icon with the studio and they put it on. It was just like, I couldn't have paid for that kind of marketing. Like, <laughs> no way. Um, so I felt like it was all meant to be. Um, it was amazing. Um, but I, I just sort of really kind of felt like I dedicated a year or two to building the brand icon and iconic. And then, um, if opportunities came up, the great thing was I had my family there, my sisters, my partner, my mom. And if I stepped away, they run, ran things. And I had a lot of connections in the industry with a lot of great people that came in to teach and um, could be there to kind of, you know, when I'm not, but, you know, not being there at times, it, it did hurt my, you know, there was good things that helped my business, but there were also things that hurt my business. So um, it's a give and take, but um it was not till like I think I was in my mid thirties when I really was like, all right, it's time to kind of build a foundation and build this business for with my family, you know, stability. Mm-hmm. 
very cool businesses right yes absolutely like, like everything now right building <laughs> no, no anything anymore yeah how did you know like you loved working with kids how did you know that that was the direction that you wanted to go um i, I think i knew that at, at a young age because back back in my studio um where i grew up right before i booked my first job with disney my my dance teacher there um had had me start teaching my own class hmm. and I, it was september and it was like i started doing a few weeks i'll never forget it and then i booked disney in october and then flew to orlando from there and it was like that process just got kind of got cut short but um after I went to Disney and I came back home and I, I did a, a little convention for star power and then I started working for headliners and these conventions. And I realized then I was like, wow, I really love teaching and all these kids, whether in a studio setting or in a ballroom setting, I just, I loved it. I loved mm. it. Like I, I say, I'm getting excited talking about it. Cause that's yeah. how I love teaching. And, um, you know, then I went on to do Tremaine for two years. I toured the country with Tremaine when there wasn't gigs and, monsters of hip-hop and um so many great conventions that i've been part of for it's crazy to say but i've been teaching for almost 30 years i'm wow i'm starting my first teaching gig was at 18 and um i am gonna i'm 47 now so wow it's 29 years of teaching and um it's just like i just love it and that's why i knew opening a studio was um in my cards and in my future you know the business end is tough. The customer service, trying to make everybody happy, um, and you can't. Um, those dynamics have definitely taken me on a roller coaster, as you, I'm sure, know very well. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. You always have yeah. to stay connected to your root and to your heart and to why you're really doing what you're doing. And that always kinds of, it kind of grounds you and brings you back to that. So, um, Do you feel like sometimes your creativity suffers? because you're dealing with so much business sense pressure that's coming your way. Absolutely. Um, you know, and as a family, my sister and my mom, um, God, we have so many conversations about that over the years. And it was like, you know, you got to create a buffer, you know, like it's like, if I'm going to be creative in the room and, um, give what I give my all to, to these kids and to whoever teens and adults, adult classes, whatever, um, it affects you on every level to, as a, as a teacher. And, um, you know, it's like, so we try to create those buffers where it's like, all right, we got to get this person to handle this, you handle this, and at all costs, don't read this email and, you know, <laughs> you take care of that. Um, and it's gotten better. You, it's a learning curve, you know, it's, I'm sure you know so well. Um, you have to go through those ups and downs to get to a place where you're going to be okay and, and be happy running your business and dancing at the same time. It's a, it's a tough dynamic, you know. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Some days it's like you really have nothing left in the tank, but you know you got to teach three classes that afternoon. Yep. And, <laughs> and you're taking, you're, you're drinking coffee, you're drinking energy drinks just to get your energy level up because you know the kids feed off your energy. So if you walk in with just like slumped down with hat on, uh, hoodie on, you know the kids are going to feed off of that. So then you know that you can't do that. So you do everything you can to try to get rid of, try to put on your happy face and genuinely and authentic be happy by the moment that you walk into the studio. It's tough sometimes. It's super tough sometimes. And it's, but I got to say, and you probably, you know, when you go, when you get in that room and you, you close the door and it might not hit you right away, but then you put on the music and you start to move. It's like, 
it just starts to shift mm-hmm. and it just like, all right, this is my, this is my happy place, you know? Um, but I, I love to tell this to teachers too at the summits and, and everywhere, you know, when I'm, when I get to be around teachers, it's like, I just, I just try and I, I kind of bring myself back to, to being grounded as a kid and saying, I went to Catholic school in Brooklyn and we had some nun teachers that were nuns and we had regular teachers, but you know, I remember the teachers that I had, especially one that would walk in the room when I'd be at my desk and there's 30 kids in a classroom, there'd be that teacher that walk in and she smelled like cigarettes. She just came from outside. She had a, a growl on her face and she said, open your books. And I remember the, the feeling in my stomach and my gut that just was like, almost to a point where you could almost like shake like your nerves as a kid, like you just don't feel comfortable. And how this adult and this figure that's supposed to be teaching you and be there to guide you is making you feel a certain way. Or the other teacher that walked in and smiled and you were like, you sat up at your desk and you were like, you were happy to open your book, you know? So it's like exactly what you said. You walk in that room and those kids, they feed off your energy and they know if you're, you know, so you got to put on that face sometimes and cause it's changing lives. It's, it's affecting, you're molding these kids and, and into what they're going to be. And, um, but they'll remember those lessons. Like I do. I remember the good, I remember the bad and it's helped mold me into the teacher that I am. So I just, I just like, check yourself, Gio, check, check yourself. Like you really like, this could really affect these kids. Like leave that outside the door. It'll be there when you get, when you're done, you know, like focus on, what you love is dancing and teach these kids what you love. And it makes, it'll make, you know, you feel better yourself when you do that. I have to say, it's so refreshing to hear you talk about this because like you're somebody I truly, truly look up to from the days that I took your classes and watching you, you know, still taking your classes excites me at like dance teacher summits. Um, And to hear that you go through the similar struggles makes me feel like, okay, like I'm not alone in this process. Like you go through the similar things even as a, a super, you know, popular and, and, and respected choreographer and dance instructor, studio owner, everything, um, to know that you go through the similar things is like, okay, like it's it's just the process. This is part of the process, and everything is going to be okay. Absolutely, and it's you know being on being on stage at a convention or walking into a classroom at my own studio. I think I'm nervous every time, every single time you know, are they going to like my steps? Are they going to, you know, am I going to like my steps? You know, like, like, what am I going to do right now? Cause I haven't prepared anything, you know? <laughs> um, and then it comes down to trust, trusting yourself and what that I've been doing this almost 30 years. I, I forget to trust myself that when that music comes on, that my body is, I, I did, I've done this this long because I've done it this long, you know, it's, it's um, so it's trusting yourself. Um, and sometimes letting my students and teachers know that I'm scared every single time. Mm-hmm. But what I follow that with is this. The minute that I stop or you stop, not see, when you stop being nervous is, is when you stop caring. Mm-hmm. And that's when you lose your love for it. And I think we all care so much about what we do. And I do mm-hmm. that, that I could smile at that feeling because scared as I get sometimes or forget my steps and have to make up something new right on the spot. Um, you know, it's, it becomes about trusting myself and knowing that I care about what I do. For sure. Absolutely. So Gio, I think, you know, we're coming up on time, but there's a couple of things that I want to still want to touch on. How would you define dance? What is dance to you? 
dance to me is dance to me is me it it defines me i feel like it dance allows me to feel free you know and as people that are writers say i feel free when i write or i feel free when i paint uh, i feel free when i sing you know i feel free when i dance um it kind of helps me forget everything that's going on like we talk about you close the door and you go in your room and you kind of you know you forget for those times that that all that's out there and it allows us to escape you know and that's what i keep trying to drill into the kids these days is like i know this is tough i know zoom is not great um but when we start moving you kind of forget all the other stuff that's going on so we have to just make sure we continue to do this as much as we can same for me i'm telling myself that at the same time so um dance has allowed me to to overcome fears dance has allowed me to be me um and feel comfortable with me um even though it was a process taking the taking the name calling the worry about what people are going to think about me um it, it kind of molded me into the man that i am and um taught me how to be a good dad hopefully um i want to be a great dad to my sons and um it's uh it's crazy because when i talk about my kids i get emotional you know mm. it's, it's just like it's just like that's the greatest thing in the world absolutely it, uh, being able to share dance and what i love with my sons is going to be like i can't i, I look forward to every day with i do too and there's certain joy like i have a three-year-old son too so i can relate there's certain joy that i feel when i see him embrace music yeah. and just just dance he doesn't know steps but he'll try to do something that you do right yeah. and then just mimic it and just that aspect of like something that you truly love, you know, as, as, as dance and then, and then somebody that you truly love, right. Just the, the mix of the two seeing it happen in front of you. It's just so beautiful. It's, I can't, I can't describe it in words. I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. One million percent. It's a, yeah. it's an incredible feeling. It's like, and you, you won't, you can't describe it unless it happens to you, you know? And yeah. it's a, we were just out walk. We, me and my wife, we take the boys out on walks in the morning. We try, um, you know, to do a few miles a day. And I, I put the music on my phone. I was putting it on and like, I look into the carriage and like little Gio's as we're moving along, he's just, he's just bopping and it just makes you smile. You know, it's like, uh, again the connection to the music makes you just like oh wow it's so awesome no steps just yeah, feeling just feeling it yeah and that's that's it feeling you yes. want to step to your dancers too don't worry about the steps there's always going to be steps you want to look for that dancer that has that feeling you know that's that's what you look for yeah that's just like ingrained in them you know that and that's that's the core of what dance is it's not all these fancy steps and all these videos it's just the feel yeah yeah Absolutely. What's hard too in this day and age too is like with the social media is like so many people want to move and express themselves, but they get afraid because they're afraid of what people are going to say about it. So you think you got to stick to a certain formula. Well, this is what they did and they're successful doing it and they got likes. So then I should move like that and get away from that and do what, you know, you have to be prepared. If you're going to put yourself out there, you have to be prepared to take the good and the bad as much as it sucks. Um, because we wish we could all be kind and be positive, but um, that process is going to define that person as well. They're going to learn how to deal with it and it's going to make them who they are and who they're going to be in the future. So, um, Absolutely. 
So at the end, um, I always ask my interviewees, uh, this is a segment called Words of Encouragement. So you can frame this however you want, uh, cater towards you know, future generation of dancers or just the general population in, in, in general, if you'd like. Uh, just any words of encouragement that comes to your mind, please go ahead and share. Oh, wow. Um, that's a tough question, but just, I guess, speak from the heart. Like, you know, it's like, just like when you're dancing, you know, you tell a dancer to freestyle and a lot of the kids, they... They, they tense up, right? They don't want to freestyle because they're afraid, I guess, of being judged. Um, but it's the same, you know, I have to take that advice now speaking and say, you know, to everyone, it's like, um, trust, trust yourself more. I think that these days we're so influenced because of what's out there and what we see and what technology, it's, it's hard to avoid it. Um, but stay in your lane you know, like that's, that's, that you're comfortable with. And, um, we're all going to be judged that that's just part of life. Um, but let, let the, if there is negativity, let it, let it, let it define you in a, in a way that, um, it doesn't affect you to say, you know, like, cause it just ignore it and say, you know, I, I guess I listen, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not a big, you know, person into listening to him but one thing i i want a piece of advice that i like that he gives is you know because he gets a lot of negativity good and bad is like just have empathy for that person it's like you know just you know like why that's they're 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 giving that to you because that's something that they're dealing with you know and and you're good um and it and it's tough and it's you know i i i struggle some days when creating because it's like are the kids gonna like this or what are people going to think about this move? And we're just really afraid of being judged. And it's like, we have to, I think, just be kinder to each other. Um, and, and, you know, just, just trust yourself and trust the people that are closest to you. I think um, family's so important. And I think a lot of us are realizing that right now. Um, how this, this, this quarantine and this pandemic is giving us, it's giving us time. I said to my wife last night, I'm sitting on the couch and, uh, you know, the kids just went to sleep and I said, you know, what, what would it, what, what would things would think would, would have been different if I didn't have this time, you know, with you and the boys, you know, and she's like, it just would have been the same as it always was. So it's not the same, mm-hmm. you know, this is uh we've been given time and um, I'm really thankful for this time. Really, really thankful. I appreciate it. You know, in the beginning, I was so focused on the negatives of what this is and um, just be appreciative of the time we have the, uh, the wake up every day and and have this day with your family and and trust the process. I don't know what the future is going to be for me. I don't know what the future is for my business, as you probably don't know. Like, mm-hmm. is it going to be safe for us to go into the studio soon, ever? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, it's it's a uh, there's a lot going on right now. Yeah. And, um, I have, like I said, good days and bad. I feel like I'm just rambling on with this question because it's like, no, 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 I I get it. But this is this is uh, how I feel. I'm really like, I'm confused. Yeah, I, I agree. I um I had a similar conversation with my wife too recently. I said, you know, as much as this sucks, and as much as it's hard on the business, as much as I miss seeing the kids at the studio, I'm grateful for the time, the extra time that I get to spend, especially with my son. Because if it was just regular, normal day, I wouldn't be able to see him this much. I wouldn't be able to say, wake, wake up and, and, and see him and say, hey, good morning. 
Right. You know, I wouldn't be able to, some nights I wouldn't be able to come home before he went to bed. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably can relate to that. It's just like those extra time is so precious and valuable, okay. um, especially at this stage in life. Like you don't get to, you don't get to go through that again. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's, 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 a, it's a mentality of choosing to focus on the positive and not letting the negativity overwhelm you as hard as that is, is, is like what I've been trying to live on. That's what I've been trying to say for the last five minutes, but I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my advice. You, I mean, I guess, um, it's again, there's so much, uh, emotion and there's so much, um, confusion, you know, the virus only goes right. The virus doesn't go left tomorrow. The virus only goes left. It doesn't go to the right. We just figured that out. Here's the guy like, and you start to focus on all this stuff and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. wait a second. You know, turn off the news. You got to turn it off sometimes and you just got to like trust the process and say, we'll get back to it. You know, we will make through, we lived through like, I, you know, 9-11 was so tough. Having family down there directly connected, uh, family and friends that, that lost people, you know, and things changed, you know, there was no TSA before 9-11 and now we live sure. with TSA and TSA is very normal. So things that are, weren't so normal before this are going to become normal after this and we'll get used to it. Um, we just have to adjust. And, um, you know, as long as we have our health and we have our families and, um, we can do what we love, we'll be okay. It's, um, it's a really crazy time right now, but you know, um, I want to say thank you to you because, uh, just having this conversation with you is like, helps me. It helps me, uh, deal with things. It helps me. It's good to just talk about things just to, just to talk. And, um, when you bottle it up, that, that would be some more advice, you know, find someone, just hit them up on zoom, you know, just talk. And it could be about random. It could be on anything. And it just, sometimes it just really helps. So I appreciate you for this. Well, Gio, it's an honor. I mean, like when I send that Instagram message, it's like, wow, he's probably really busy. He probably won't have time to do this. But <laughs> <laughs> when you responded to me, I was ecstatic because I've been following your work all these years. And, you know, you're somebody that I definitely look up to in the dance community. And so, and to know that we have a similar issues and similar things that we're going through helps me to know that like, we're not alone. There are people who's going through similar things and feeling the same emotions. So thank you so much for your time. Before I let you go, uh, do you mind plugging all your information to be people are wanting to look up you, your stuff and trying to get connected with you? Where can they find you? Yeah. I mean, well, I, yeah, this is another thing that's always like tough for me. It's like, I'm just like, not that, but, uh, my, my, <laughs> my Instagram is probably what I use the most. Um, you know, I don't post too much, but, uh, at Gio Ubella, G-E-O, G-O-G-E-O, Ubella with an H, H-U-B-E-L-A, Gio Ubella. Um, but I like Instagram cause it's, I like to look back on it, it's, you know, chronologically of, you know, your last few years. It's really cool. Um, my dance studio is Icon Dance Complex. We're about an hour from New York City um iconic dance crews um i hope and pray that we all can get back to um doing what we love and get back to building those things and and fighting for those things that we love and are passionate about um and i hope that we could share with each other at some point and i could come to your place or you come to mine and uh, i'd love to i'd love to have you here (laughs) stay in touch and anything i could do to help or vice versa um, you know, to, as a community where, where a community is dancers and, um, you know, 
again, we all go through the same things. No, no different here, um, no matter what I've done or, or that person's done. Um, when it comes down to a raw human and that's, that's what we have in common. So um, absolutely, I appreciate the time with you today. Yeah. Are you offering any open classes to the community right now or no? I am. I do an open class on Wednesday nights um, mm -hmm. on Zoom. So people can just hit me up on my Instagram. We usually do it at 7.30 or 8 o'clock. I called it adult hip hop. Uh, it's like an advanced beginner. So it's not, it's where, but I have families doing it. I have like, I have this one student that's a young girl and her dad does it with, they do it every Wednesday night and they put, it's so awesome to see them together dancing. Um, this is like I said, there's so many good things about what's going on. It's bringing people together with their families. So um, Wednesday nights for like an advanced beginner. And then over the next few weeks, I'm definitely going to be posting some more opens. I'm going to be doing uh, more private lessons, one-on-ones with people um, because I have to survive. I have yeah. to go into survival mode. So <laughs> I'm going to work and do what I can, um, but do what I love um, in the process. So just check out my, my Instagram and, um, and I'll keep you posted as well. I appreciate the, yeah. appreciate the shout out. Absolutely. I'm definitely going to hop on that Wednesday night class. I'd love to take your class again. Awesome. So yeah. Uh, well, you link. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Gio. This has been a wonderful conversation Absolutely. and uh, I can't wait to uh, take your class either virtually or in person sometime soon. I look forward to it, bro. And uh, let's do this again. I'd love to talk with you again sometime about anything and um, anytime just hit me up. Absolutely. Out to everybody. everybody stay safe. Um, stay healthy. Stay blessed. God bless. And, um, I appreciate you all.